Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Jackie Porter. Jackie, are you ready to do this? I am. This sounds like fun. Excellent. Let's, let's do this. Jackie is a CFP. She's recognized as Canada's financial confidant. She's a speaker, an advisor, and an author. I'm excited to have you on. Jackie, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. So personal life, um, I'm a people watcher <laughs> when I'm not when I'm not like um, you know talking about money or um, really really uncovering all of the um, silence that's typically associated with money and shame that's typically associated with money. I love watching people. I love sitting on a park bench and watching people go by. And uh, I'm I'm a, I just love I'm a people observer. My background is in psychology, and so. Um, I thought that initially when I um, graduated, I was going to become a psychologist and found out that talking to people about money was easier. <laughs> nice. I love it. That's funny. I used to, I can remember telling somebody that I, I'm a great observer of people. I actually refer to myself that way, which looking back on it now is pretty ridiculous. But I do, I think we're cut, cut, cut from the same cloth on that one that it's just fascinating to uh, to observe people. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I thought that I also would go into, so my background is psychology and journalism. So I thought if I wasn't going to be a psychologist, I was going to be a reporter, and my last name happens to be Porter. So people in school used to call me Porter the Reporter, right? Because I was always putting my hand in people's face and pretending it was a mic saying, what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> and it's funny. I think both of those skills come in so handy in my day job, right? Because listening and being able to write and write clearly and concisely so people understand because money is not something you want to talk about in complicated language. Isn't just... that the truth? <laughs> so I never thought that both of those things would come in handy in my day job because I went into neither of those professions yet. I feel like I use those skills every day. Yeah, well, I'm, 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 I'm sure that you do. So the ability to to write clearly and concisely, the ability to to sit quietly and just take things in, like that's probably uh probably an enormous skill as well. Yeah, both of those things you need to use <laughs> a lot because you got to be a keen observer when you're a journalist or a psychologist, and and definitely when you're dealing with people and money and couples and money and just. Giving people space to talk about those things is stuff that you need to do because money is actually very emotional. Do you find that, that that people are surprised by just how emotional our financial decision making is, and we're just not very mindful of it? I don't think people are surprised, but I think the industry is really coming to grips. Because mm. when I came into the industry, like you know, twenty some odd years ago, we we were still grappling with the fact that um you know we thought the business was about us like advisors coming in and I, I was shocked because again i come in from that I, I don't i didn't expect to be in finance and we certainly can talk about that i i was kind of like a the accidental advisor right <laughs> this is not what i thought i would be doing with my life hence my other two career choices right but um i think um coming into an industry where i have to say george and it's nothing against you incredibly male-dominated, not a lot of people that look like me. I'm a brown woman, <laughs> black woman, actually. And um, I felt like it was an industry that 
didn't really talk to people about money in a way that suited the people they were speaking to. They, t- they talked to about money in a way that was very self-serving. And, you know, I remember thinking, geez, these are pretty complicated terms we're, we're throwing around with people assuming that they're speaking our language and they need to like we need they need to get up to speed about things that we're supposed to be um, helping them to understand. And I, I just it, it fascinated me that the, the, the actually the financial markets were quite self-serving. <laughs> it was about help. It was, you know, more about um, what people felt like they wanted to tell you about money um, and the conversations were quite narrow it might be specifically around investments or insurance great things people need them but first of all help me understand how it's going to help me not how it's going to help you right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, anyway I just I found that whole scenario super fascinating and you know I, I just find that the other thing that happened over the last 20 years is more women came into the industry, which is great, mm-hmm. right? And I think all of those things are healthy for an industry that is such about such a vital topic like money. It needs to have a, a, an opportunity to um, marinate so that people who are actually wanting to find out how money really works, who really wants to help people, and I'm not saying that men don't, I'm just saying that we just need we just need to change the language around it and I and I think that women have certain skills and men have them too and I and I think that this particular moment that we're in where um, you know people are going through so much with the pandemic and the uh, you know there's so many things happening at the same time right where people are worried about they're keeping their jobs they're worried about their health you know they're they're really financial pressures at home and and now, if we are not serving the needs of the public, you know, as advisors, if we're not having those real conversations about money that people have, not just about insurance investments, but about, you know, debt, which, you know, lots of people are dealing with, then we're not really in a position to help them and, and really speak to the things they care about. Amen. I think that that's all really said right, really well said right there. And I think that this is an opportunity to to really step up and lead um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I do a lot of work with women and women are about are on the edge of the biggest wealth transfer in in many, many decades. Like that's what we've been talking about for 20 years in the industry. Yet I, I would say this has only really seen an uptick in the last five years where, you know, the banks are asking questions like, what do women need? <laughs> These were not questions that were asked 20 years ago, you know, it's just interesting to me, right? What do women need? Well, what do people need? What do women need for sure, right? What do people need? Those needs were always there. It's just, it's, as I said, it's just now that the industry is starting to think, well, maybe there's more to it. And, and maybe we can, we can actually speak in, in terms that people actually care about and understand and, and actually help people have meaningful conversations around money. Yeah, I certainly, I certainly appreciate that as well. And I, you know, the 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 cynic in me says, "Oh, now that large financial institutions are interested, it's because they recognize that there's money in it." Uh, but that's probably there not it. it. There's probably that's <laughs> no, probably something to do with it. But <laughs> but it's it's kind of like anything. Well, I'll, I'll just ask you: Is it like all these conversations that we're now having? You know, talking about bringing change to an entire industry with having more women come into it, having more um, 
people of color come into it, um, whatever. It, 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 it's, it's, it's the actual big, big um, companies changing, but it's also the work that you're doing, you know, from sort of the ground up versus the top down. It needs to be both. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think what I meant by that is, is just really the diversity of conversation, right? We, we need to have more diversity in terms of the kinds of conversations we're having with with clients. And, you know, it's it's really great to show them the latest investment and all of those things. But but truly, you know, those are not the the decisions that 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 clients that, you know, the people who are are dealing with real world financial problems care about the most and we have to address those if we're going to address all of the other things and and we want to build long-term relationships with people we got to address the things that they care about first and foremost yeah that's a thousand percent true so how how have you found um what have you found effective at at helping people to to be able to have these kinds of conversations it's yeah i I think first it's <laughs> I'm I'm really big on just keeping the language like we we talked a little bit about language but keeping um, like really meeting people where they are around you know understanding what's your understanding what do you care about like what are some of the things that are keeping you up at night around your your money um, I I think also helping to bridge the gap I think advisors have a real opportunity bridging the gap with with facilitating money conversations inside of families. <laughs> have you ever tried to have a conversation with your partner about money or um, your parents about money? And and these are, we're, we're in a time where people are unfortunately getting divorced, right? And they're getting divorced and typically it's about money because, um, um, you know, the honeymoon becomes over really quickly when all of a sudden, you know, George, I find out you have debt or you're um, really, um, you have different values than I do when it comes to money. So you're a spender and I'm a saver. We're going to have problems. For sure. (laughs) As as much as I love you now, that that might be (laughs) the thing that breaks us apart. That that 100% could be. And and, and to your point, it it very often is. mm It often is. So the honeymoon's over if if I can't help, you know, and, and I, I've said this before in podcasts, which is sometimes I think to myself, you know, there's there's a reason I didn't go into therapy, because the truth is, if I'm an advisor talking to my clients about money, I often feel it's a better conversation if I have two people who are who don't feel financially confident about money, or they feel they're financially illiterate. Should they speak to the therapist first if they're having money problems or me? You know? Yeah. That's that's a good question. <laughs> I would say I would say I would argue strongly me before the therapist because George, if we go to the therapist, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. It's already your fault. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> we're done. It's just over. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and the, and the other pieces, you know, we're dealing with a t- with a time where we have aging parents, right? Who, God only knows what their financial circumstances are. And and so facilitating those conversations, I've had to facilitate those kinds of conversations with my clients um, over the years. And and again, that, that's a, a huge relief when, you know, we can talk, mom, you know, what's your scenario? Because people are thinking, you know, it, will mom, mom or dad be able to continue maintaining themselves on their own? Am I in a position to help? Um, you know, have they dealt with that? 
like how are they how how are we going to deal with care so it's like just being able to have those kinds of conversations and help to facilitate those conversations help help me to have meaningful conversations with my clients help me to feel like i'm actually making a difference in people's lives it's a completely different scenario than just speaking to them about investments and insurance yeah, no doubt. Talk about conversations that we didn't learn to have in school and that stuff we're not equipped to talk about, aging, you know, end of life and then and then yeah, throw and just, just just kinda of throw money in there and then throw in dynamics about father in law, mother in law and all that too. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. and then mix it all up with, with uh COVID oh, and go. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hence why, you know, divorces are at record highs during uh during this pandemic, right? These are these are real issues that people need to deal with. How can we even get to a conversation about, you know, retirement when we're not able to get to a conversation? Okay, how do I even think about my money? How should I be, you know, having these kinds of conversations with my partner? How do we plan as a couple? You know, how do I help mom and dad to, to be able to stay in their home or downsize if they can't afford it? Like, these are conversations I'm having with people. And then we can talk about estate planning and insurance because you can't get from zero to 100. Right. And to a degree, that's it. To, I think 100% to your point, a lot of that stuff is super important, but it's just not as important as as just kind of getting those initial feelings on the table and trying, trying to figure out what it is we really want. And then you sort of back into those solutions or those tactics or strategies. No, absolutely, because you can't you can't actually have can't have the conversation and around you know financial planning or estate planning or investments retirement unless you figure out how you need to think about those conversations. Mm-hmm. So like how are you going to think about that is the first thing, and then you can think about okay how because the finance the, the planning part is the how, but what do you need to think about those things? So what That's is that starting piece. point? That starting point is, you know, um, what's important to me? I, I would probably say your listeners need to ask yourselves, ask themselves these questions. Like, you know, what are the things I really need to do in the next one to three years? What are the, what are my priorities? What are the things that also scare me? And also double down on what are the things I'm doing well? Like emphasize the positive. And, and you know, where do I feel really vulnerable? Where do I want to learn? I think that that's so key right there, uh, just breaking things down into smaller bite size, like one to three years versus trying to get your arms around the next 20 years and everything that you need to be thinking about because that's absolutely overwhelming and probably right. demotivating and just causes us to kick the can down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Then we can talk about because once you can actually see the next one to three years clearly, then we we can start thinking about the future in a much more holistic way because we can answer those those questions that are looming right now. Like maybe I don't have an emergency fund mm. and I'm you know worried about the next never mind the next ten fifteen retirement. Um, I don't have enough of an emergency fund and that's something that worries me. Or I'm in debt. How am I going to get from getting out of debt to saving for retirement? Let me not think about this. Like how do we deal with that? First? Sort of going back to that, you know overly complicated world of jargon and terms and this financial apparatus that's not really helping that really that many people except for the people that are already financially successful um that cash flow piece that we're sort of talking about is it's it seems so simple but so many of us struggle yeah yeah you'd be surprised the amount of people who don't have some kind of an i i 
not going to use the B word because sometimes people get um, strict constricted. They, in their mind, start to get constricted around the B word, <laughs> right? So sure, let's talk sure. about your spending plan. What is your spending plan? And everyone should have a spending plan. And your spending plan is, okay, a whole bunch of expenses are going to come up over the next 12 months. What do I want to spend on that? Uh, what do I plan to spend on that? Because if you don't have a plan for it, your money will have a plan for you. Mm-hmm. I think that that's such a such a good way to think about it, uh, or, or, or a terrifying way to think about it. If you don't have a plan, then 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 your money will certainly come up with a plan, or people that want to sell you stuff are going to come <laughs> yes, up with a plan right. for uh, right. for for your money. That's and, right. You know, Amazon has this new feature that where um, if you, it's kind of like. George, I don't know how old you are, but I, I go back a few years, right? But it was the days where you used to get those videos, not videos, those um, CDs sent to you. Was that uh, Columbia House? Yeah, Columbia right? House for sure. And every month. <laughs> so on Amazon, if you, if you, the patent hasn't come out yet or they haven't started doing it yet. But if you click on something on Amazon, the way they've set it up now is you just have to tell them you don't want it versus that you want it. So they'll send it to you. So come to your house free of charge. Like, there's your money having a plan for you. You're like, oh, that looks really good. Like, Maybe I have come to back opt out of, of, <laughs> of the crap that I buy on Amazon now. That's right. Amazing. At some point. They haven't started it yet. But I'm just saying that's what I mean when I'm like, you know, there's always people looking at ways to take money out of your pocket. Why not have some of the money that you've worked so hard to earn come back and benefit you? And that's something that, that, that needs to happen at every stage of life. Uh, that mm-hmm. needs to happen for somebody who's 20, somebody in their 30s, 40s, and for people who are either getting ready to retire or who have already retired, maybe even need it more. Uh, you know, 100%, because I, I, I think it's, it's just, again, it goes back to that, what do you think about money? What, what do you care about, right? So um, deciding that, a, you know, a piece of the money that you, you bring in is something you're going to want to always have a bit of for later. And that's kind of like your ultimate retirement plan, right, is all the capital you've accumulated over the course of your life gets set aside for your longest vacation, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which yeah. is retirement. Right. And it's, it's, such an abstract thing for people and it's just loaded with 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 emotion which is exactly what you've been talking about or we've been talking about so to how is it a matter of let's let's schedule a time to talk or are we going to do this impromptu does it depend yeah i i think this this whole um it it, it has to be like and, and this is what we were talking about before, George. Money conversations are, are something that, you know, my passion is to see people have them on a regular basis. So it doesn't need to be this, like, thing, this one-time event that you, you kind of throw up around your finances and then don't think about it again. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, we can have, like, regular conversations around your money where um, you're continuing to build your knowledge and, you know, I love it when clients tell me that they get motivated because we talk about their money and they start to see possibilities. And the more we talk about it, the more possibilities they see. Right. So I, I just think it's try to have these kinds of conversations. And it, it doesn't always have to be with an advisor. And this this is what I mean when I say, like, where are you vulnerable? Because here's the thing about money. We're constantly learning new things about it. We've never as an industry 
had to talk about money, about finances during a pandemic. This is new. So we're learning as an industry, right? So consider that, you know, financial literacy is something that you're going to want to build up and bone up on over the course of your life. And it's easier if you have a confidant. And one of the reasons I call myself a confidant is that first and foremost, people need to know that I know what I'm doing and, and understanding that I have skills and knowledge to help them. But the other reason I call myself a confidant um, is really to give people the the sense that I I want to give them the space to talk freely about money where they feel no shame, no blame, where, you know, they feel that, you know, they have an opportunity to learn in that sort of guilt-free, shame-free environment. Do you know what I mean? So I think, of course, skills and knowledge, and that's why having somebody who, who's licensed, that has their CFP, that, you know, somebody knows like, who are you? Why should I trust that you can help me? That's important. But also the other pieces, they need to feel that they can speak freely about their money so they can deal with the things they really care about. I love it. Well, Jackie, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, you know, all the things we were talking about before kind of, to me, has to do with the top three financial risks. And I've been talking about this for years. And I've been saying to people, the top three financial risks is not the markets. It's losing your job, losing your health, or potentially getting a divorce. These are the things that can have a significant impact on your long-term financial health. And guess what? All of these things are happening during the I think that, so that is, address them. Yeah, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Top financial risks, losing your job, losing your health, divorce. You need to be mindful of these things. It's not all about rates of return and the markets and all that stuff. It is it is way more human problems than, <laughs> than yeah. it is market stuff. I yeah, absolutely. It. So it's like, how can I deal with that? Think about think about the things you care about and work towards that. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Yeah, please feel free to go to my website, askjackie.ca, A-S-K-J-A-C-K-I-E.ca. You can check out a couple of uh, quizzes we have. One of them is, what's your financial IQ? If you'd like to book a half an hour complimentary session with us. Um, the other um, uh, the other uh, quiz on there is, what do I need to know? What's my financial literacy right now? Where do I need to bone up? Um, you can do a really short quiz and it'll tell you where are your strengths, where are your weaknesses, and, and that's a really great place to start. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jackie your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to askjackie.ca, check out those quizzes, and book some time with her as well. Thanks again, Jackie. Thank you so much. It was great having me. It was really fun having speaking with you today. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.